Wendy's new classic chicken sandwich is now in the two for five. And that's reason to celebrate. Try the new classic and then take your mouth on a victory lap with the iconic Dave's Single, the delicious spicy chicken sandwich, spicy or crispy 10-piece nuggets, or just get another classic chicken sandwich. Taste greatness today with Wendy's two for five. We got you. For a limited time, a la carte only. Price and participation may vary in U.S. Wendy's. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles, worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Kaiju Curry House. I am your, I guess, temporary uh, noodle cook. If this is a curry house, no wait, you don't put curry on noodles. Crap! I screwed it all up, Alex. I screwed it up. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Right. No, this is episode sixty, uh, and uh, I'm uh, I'm Matt Frank. I've been around every now and then. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm here with Alex, James, Jonathan, and Paul. That's it. I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm never doing it again. No, no. You're a man of few words. Any questions? <laughs> um, how is everyone doing anyway? We're good. Oh, to yeah, proud, yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year indeed. Yeah, we're, we're nearly there, aren't we? Right, uh, let's get a show on the road. Uh, Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, I've been gifted with things over Christmas, so not to, to bore you for too long, but... Um... I, I got um, a, a Tremors movie. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I treated myself to, to, to Tremors on Ultra HD, and I bought Tremors uh, Shrieker Island as well. Uh, I got a Godzilla calendar. I got some Godzilla playing cards, which were quite funky, Ooh. because each, each card has a different movie poster on. And there's not that many different movie posters, so they've actually gone on, on to like, um, some Gamera and Gargantua and, and stuff. So that was, um, yeah, quite nice gifts there from the children. And other than that, I've just been... I've actually been watching Trevor's films. We've watched the first, five, watched five of them so far this week with <laughs> wow. my wife. Yeah, had a bit of a Tremors There's marathon. A lot of discussion in the word Tremors. Should we, should we actually explain why we're here? Sure, <laughs> I mean, you had one job, Matt. You had what? You had one job. Oh crap! I missed that part up too. You, you did indeed, absolutely. <laughs> um, hi everyone. My name's Alex. I'm one of your regular hosts, and today I am joined by my regular friend, uh, co-host Paul, and we have Jonathan Melville. And Jonathan, what, what's your exact role? So that I get it correct. Um, well, I wrote a book on the Tremors films called uh, "Seeking Perfection: The Unofficial Guide to Tremors." So I'm a, a, basically a writer and a um, sort of arts journalist, really. Fantastic. And uh, you were heavily involved in the audio commentary for the 4K release, am I right? Splendid. That's the other thing, yes. I was involved in the, in the set. Yeah. You were indeed, yeah. We were doing a terrible job of kind of selling everyone here. <laughs> and we have the uh, disproducer from Arrow Video himself, Mr. James Flower. How's it going, James? 
I'm good. Thank you very much, Alex. Oh, uh, in here from Tier Four London, uh, having mm. had a very quiet Christmas where mm. uh, we didn't do very much. We've been watching X Files. That's basically what we've been doing the last. Oh, week. which season? That sounds good. Oh, uh, we're in season two at the moment, so it's still pretty. It's early, fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I think by um, season five, forget it. Yeah, yes. Uh, well, yeah, it's pretty on enough by then. But yeah. Yeah. And we have returning guest, uh, renowned artist and good friend, Mr. Matt Frank, who did the Aww. art for the 4K release of the first Tremors film. Um, so you've got to start us off, Paul. Ask the question to someone else. Uh, let's go with Matt. What have kind of you been up to? Uh, well, you know, as with it, as it is with most people, I've been uh, Christmasing it up out here in the States where just everything's fine and uh, we uh, don't have anything to worry about. And, uh, you know, for as far as kaiju related stuff, um, I did get a big box in the mail uh, the other day from uh, our friends at SRS Cinema here in the States. They put out the American Blu-ray of Howl from Beyond the Fog which is a lovely short kaiju film uh, where, you know, the kaiju is, is, a, is, a, is a man in suit and the humans are all puppets. It's just a beautiful film. And uh, it's now available here in the States. And I did the, I did the reversible cover for it. Um, uh, it was, which was originally just a piece of fan art I did because I liked the Kickstarter so much. And then the director of the film contacted me and said, like, can I use this like on everything? And I said, sure, go for it, man. <laughs> so that's the big, I think that's one of the big things for me. That and this, uh, I went out and got um, this uh, Tremor 7 movie collection because I realized that there was like three other Tremors movies I hadn't seen. <laughs> so I'm getting caught up. But yeah, um, so should I pass it along to someone else? By all means. All right. Uh, James, Mr. James Flower, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, well, other than, uh, like I said, having a very kind of laid back, limited Christmas break where we, uh, because of the restrictions here in the UK, where we're under what's called tier four, where we are not really allowed to leave our homes except for kind of going out shop kind of going to the shops and getting essentials and that kind of thing so my wife and I have spent our kind of first Christmas away from our family so we've just been here in our flat at home with our dog uh, watching every Christmas film that we have on Blu-ray with episodes of the X-Files scattered in between as well and just having a very nice relaxed time just by ourselves so that's pretty much it recently other than that it's just been uh, carrying on with working on Arrow's uh, upcoming releases, including the uh, Invisible Man double bill. Uh, yeah. sorry, the, double, the double bill of Day I Invisible Man films that we announced the other week. Uh, so kind of prepping that, getting that ready for release in March and lots of other exciting things too. Yeah, I'm really excited about that release because it's um, it's the, I've heard of those films many times. You know, those those Japanese Invisible Man films, and seeing those coming out, it's just like, not only am I excited for something I've never seen before, but I'm also excited. as like, what other stuff are they going to put out? This other oh, stuff. Oh well, it's a, it's um, it's a really interesting one because those two films where those are kind of the opposite to Tremors in one sense, where we uh, it's really one where the materials that were available for both films, that they aren't remasters that were done by us. They were done by Katakawa, who are the mm. studio in Japan who own Gamera and Invisible Man and Warning from Space and some of the other films that we released. There's Gami. Uh, <laughs> 
and it was very much a kind of look these are kind of done from the best survival materials they don't look very they don't look great but it's kind of take it or leave them and mm. you know even though they kind of fall a bit short of what we would usually kind of be our standards for some of these titles we were like you know they're so rare and no one's going to get to see them otherwise let's just let's just put them out and if you know hopefully people will understand we'll put disclaimers up and everything but i hope people give them a chance all the same because they're really cool interesting variants on well especially the first one invisible man appears it's such a cool kind of japanese take on what universal had been doing earlier in the decade with their invisible man films um so we uh that comes out in march and um it's the two films and on the disc there's a appreciation by kim newman on sort of the invisible man genre in general and how those two films fit within it within it and uh, there's a terrific booklet that comes with three different essays that explore the history about the films in much more depth so there's my plug for the uh, upcoming <laughs> japanese fun from arrow and uh, there's lots more coming up we promise so Yay. keep your eyes peeled hey. on our women's slate it's awesome James, do you want to do you want to ask someone else what they kaiju've been up to? Oh, very well, Alex. What have kaiju been up to? Oh, thank you very much for asking. Um, other than doing Christmas walks with my children because I've been able to have a little bit more freedom than many parts of the UK, I decided that I needed to come to this episode with some kind of fresh uh, content, uh, and I made a purposeful sit down of picking a Netflix kaiju movie, and I chose The Monster which is from 2016 and directed by Brian Bertino. Has anyone seen it? It is just called The Monster. Is, it, is that, that the one with Zoe Kazan? It, it is indeed, yes. Uh, I've heard of it, I've never seen it. With the couple it, in the car. The couple the, in the, the car. Uh, so yes. The mother and daughter in the, the car. The mother, mother and daughter, yes. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, it didn't get a fantastic uh, raving review online. Uh, on IMDb, it's only got like 5.4. So it's not like a phenomenally highly regarded film. And my kind of take on it was, I thought it was good. I wouldn't say it was very good. Um, I gave it a sort of six out of 10. What was strong about it though, was the human element, which is rare for kaiju films because normally people kind of witter on about, the monsters are great, but I wish the humans weren't. No, oh, shut up, sad ass. <laughs> um, but actually in this example, the monster for me was quite unremarkable. It was basically just a beastie in the woods. It came out, it attacked people, dragged them off, killed them, and then kind of went off again. It's like, all right, plenty of films have done that before, and plenty of films have done it better. However, the human element focused on the dysfunctional relationship between a very, very troubled mother who was not particularly well mentally, and her daughter, who's now a teenager, and has kind of moved on to live with dad, and has come back for a bit to see her mum. And it was interesting to see a completely dysfunctional relationship Put into a situation where they had to work as a team. Is the monster a metaphor? Is it? Uh... It, 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 could, it could be. <laughs> yes, quite quite possibly. But uh, yeah, the the human acting was kind of the standout for me rather than the critters. Mm. So that, that was quite nice. Okay. Um, I did like the acting, but I wasn't a big fan of the mother. I don't know because she was just such a horrible person. But <laughs> yeah, in a sense, you weren't really meant to like the mother, but she was yeah. a well-written okay. character. I thought. I'm curious. So, what 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 separates a kaiju film from uh, just a creature feature for you guys? Because I was under the impression that it doesn't to me. They're, they're, they're all the same. Um, monster movie, creature feature, kaiju. It's all the same. I have um, a lot of thoughts on this subject, but I can no. maybe just keep my mouth shut. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a risk of um, 
all of the white people kaiju splaining something but uh, <laughs> uh, but what i would say is that my kind of um take on it is that as a podcast kaiju curry house is a creature cinema and kind of uh, Asian traditional monster movie. But then we also include mm. Ray Harryhausen, which when I've natted to some people, they've said, yeah, it's kaiju. Other people have said, no, it's not. Um, so my take is just that we love monsters and I include kind of anything from a more Western stance to something more traditionalist. But Matt, you're a more informed individual, so go for it. Well, I don't want to go off. Oh. <laughs> no, please, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to go all cuck Frank on everybody, but the, uh, uh, I mean, the short version is um, really even if you were even to ask Japanese uh, fans, they don't seem to have a definitive answer themselves as to what the difference is. Cause there isn't that much of a difference. It's just that I would say it, it has more to do with what the relationship is between the monster and the world around it. Um, and it's not even a question of size or scale. Uh, but one thing I've, I've told people is like, for example, there's this thing that the Game Grump started, which is uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog is a kaiju, which is just <laughs> yes. a meme. That's, it's, a, it's a dumb joke that got out of hand. And I like, I'm like, no, he's not because he's just a big dog. And I think that like something is just a bigger version of something else is not a kaiju. It's barely even a monster because a kaiju, uh, uh, I think that, I think that something that makes it a good kaiju is something that is inherently mysterious, inher inherently unknowable. Like from what you're describing, the monster of that movie, sounds like it could be, you, you could categorize it as a kaiju because in a lot of ways it's metaphorical, in a lot of ways it's not just some, it's not just some wild animal. You know, there's there's lots of little aspects of it, but uh, I have maybe been writing a uh, like a, a feature length essay long YouTube video for like the last two years about like, all right, listen, you morons. <laughs> I, I, I maybe I won't start it with that. I'll workshop that a little bit. But uh, that's kind of uh, uh, that's the long and the short of it. I think that you're right, though, if monsters and creatures and all that and kaiju they all share the same dna so you can enjoy them all as much mm. as you want but i think there is a discussion as to what counts as a kaiju and what doesn't i just can't say it all here it'll take me no. hours um yeah that's we've done previous episodes where we've tried to discuss what is a kaiju and we've waffled for 80 minutes and at the end we've gone right so no one agrees. Yes, it's not worth it. Let's because just enjoy them. I, I still think that It Follows is a kaiju movie, which was the hot exactly. take of that episode. No one agreed with me, but uh, it's a strange beast that's attacking people. Uh, so there you go. Right. Anyway, well, okay, I've lost one of the guests. Right, I'm, I'm going to rain it. Rain it. So yeah, watch 2016's The Monster. Um, right, passing it on. Jonathan, what have kaiju been up to? Yes. Yeah, well, um, just kind of doing Christmassy things, really. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with it all. Uh, we watched uh, The Boys season two. That kind of was, was a, a big-ish thing we were, we were watching and really enjoying. Um, I enjoyed the first season, but I think I preferred the second one. Um, I'm watching a few films, uh, including, well, Tremors, of course, and, and the extras, um, <laughs> because I wanted to see what else was on this amazing set. Um, so yeah, uh, not, not much more than that, really. Just odd bits of TV, lots of, you know, we've got amazing 
uh, streaming things here. Oh, uh, Mandalorian as well, season two. That was another thing I was watching. That was a good show. Yeah. I, I, I've I really thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed that. that. And it has had fun. some monsters in it, some great monsters. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of counts almost for this. There's, you should do a, an episode on it. Or we, we should, but then Star Wars fans are toxic <laughs> and I hate them. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't think of something I'd do, rather do less than talk about Star Wars on a public well, forum. I, um, know what, I know what you'd rather do, Matt. Uh, <laughs> first question's for you. In 30 <gasps> seconds, and yes, I'll time you, describe the plot of the first Tremors film. You've got five seconds to prepare yourself and then I'm going to capture you for 30 seconds describing it. Okay. Three. Back of the box. Back of the box. <laughs> Go on. So two essential workers who may not be that essential have to uh, compete with a pair of uh, a, a quadret, a quintuplet of large worms and uh, hijinks ensue. <laughs> not bad. That's all you get. That's all oh, you get. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How long was that? That was... <laughs> 13 seconds of waffle. <laughs> it was glorious. Okay. I, could, I could try again. No, no, it was fine. So why, why are we here to celebrate the 4K remaster? I think, Jonathan, you had an interesting question for James, first of all, to start us off. Well, yeah, I mean, I, um, I mean I'll put a, a brief plug in for my book because that's kind of where my you know, involvement in Tremors started was um, back in 2015, I released a book all about Tremors, Seeking Perfection. Um, and at that point, Tremors was kind of, well, when I started writing the book, the, the, the franchise was kind of dead, almost. Um, there hadn't been a film since, I think, 2004. I think that's right. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, so I wrote this book and released it and it, and it you know, did okay. But uh, I, I was really surprised when I heard... Um, things were happening with, uh, well, originally with the making, uh, what was the, the title? Making Perfection, I think it was, the documentary. The new documentary, yeah. Yeah, which I heard about last year because uh, Matthew, who you had on on your other Chambers episode, Matthew Sneed got in touch and asked if I wanted to be in the documentary. And then we didn't know that this was coming from Arrow. So my question really, a long-winded way of getting to it, is, is to ask uh, James about how did Arrow hit upon this idea of bringing out Tremors uh, when it is a it is a popular film but at the same time it still feels kind of culty but it's a funny it's a funny film uh, well I, th I think that description really hits the nail on the head as to why <laughs> it's a perfect Arrow yeah, release true, true. it's um you know it's a it was it's probably been one of our most requested films over the years people have just been dying for us to do Tremors but for a few reasons I think I mean it's very flattering when people want us to release a title or where they say, oh, it'd be wonderful if Arrow did this film, usually because they have a high opinion of our restorations that we do of films. So where Arrow is known for uh, not just accepting whatever high definition master they're handed by a studio, um, kind of all of the time, whenever we can, we like to breathe, the, uh, give the films new life by actually digitally restoring the film. So doing a new, 2K or even 4K in this, as in this case, uh, remastered the film, which um, can really make it sing and come alive for a new generation. Um, and also because we uh, kind of put our money where our mouth is in terms of additional contextual material as well. We want people to be able to really dig into the story of how these films were made and uh, other interpretations of them. So, um, and you know, the Tremors release that had come out for years, there um, was 
for the people who are kind of video files, for the people who really know about picture quality, Tremors um, was one of the titles where they were like, this could look so much better. There's kind of, there's issues with this that kind of, if a company like Arrow got hold of it, they could really do something cool with it. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, Universal were necessarily open to that possibility for a number of years. I think that the, the, the line that we had for a long time was that um, because it was an active franchise, quote unquote, we weren't going to be allowed to sub-license it because they were busy exploiting it for themselves. But, um, but we've built up a tremendous rep um, relationship with Universal, kind of working with um, them on releases of other films, whether it's uh, American Werewolf in London or Weird Science or uh, in, in much older stuff as well, going back to classic Hollywood films that we've remastered as well. So um, eventually the time came where they were willing to give us a go at Tremors. And initially it was a deal just for the UK, but then uh, eventually they were open to letting us have the US as well. So we were able to really go all out and do this all singing, all dancing, uh, <laughs> terrific edition. Uh, very big headed. This, uh, I, you know, as I, I would hope that if I was on the outside looking in and I was a fan, I would, you know, think it is, you know, I'm very proud of how it's come out. So it's, um, and just, and that's speaking as a, someone who was a fan of the film for a long time as well. When, uh, when they kind of, the project fell in my lap, which was just over a year ago, um, it was like, oh crap, I've got to deliver on this now. But uh, on the other hand, it was good because A, I knew that it was a film that, all the people who were involved in the making of it. And this is a story that kind of, this is something that you hear again and again in the extras that are on the disc and in Jonathan's book as well. It's a film that everyone who was involved in it is tremendously proud of. And it's such a, it's a film that so many people have so many warm feelings around. And, um, and it's just, cause it's such a lovely film. It's such a sweet, good natured film as well for a giant monster movie where people are being sucked underground and eaten. It's just, it leaves you with a great big smile on your face. So it was, I knew on the one hand it might actually be a kind of, as, as it turned out to be to some degree, a, a fairly easy film to work on because, you know, the filmmakers were still very proud of it and they were willing to be involved and they hadn't done a commentary before. So um, we knew that would be something great for them to do. Uh, then COVID happened and then it was like, oh my God, are we going to be able to still be able to do all the things that we want to do? But between the things that we were able to sort out despite COVID and the work that Universal had already done, um, for their YouTube channel, which uh, Matthew talked about in the previous episode of the podcast. Um, that's, you know, it all kind of came together eventually. So uh, there's my rambling answer. Okay. <laughs> well, can I get you to ramble on just a little bit longer? Because I, I opted for the, for the 4K um, disc, which is my first 4K disc film that I've watched. The rest have just been streaming. Mm. So um, I was curious about what the quality would be like on like, a 30-year-old film. And some of the scenes are crystal clear. And as it, how, how have you, is, is it all digitally enhanced from the original film? Is that how it's done? So how it works is basically when you're doing a 4K restoration uh, or any restoration really, even if it's just a 2K, but particularly if you're doing one at 4K, uh, what you want to do is that you want to go back to the original camera negative uh, to, and do a new 4K scan of that. So basically how it works is that um, and I might be over explaining this for some people, but just for people who don't know how... Going, it's interesting. No, no, just for people who don't know how films were made sort of 30 years and beyond, films weren't filmed digitally. Uh, that technology didn't really exist yet. Films were instead were shot on 35 millimeter film. So each 
frame, each, each frame, so there's 24 frames in a second, each frame is just a, a picture, a still picture, and 24 of them run in a second on 35 millimeter film. Um, and so that original 35 millimeter film that went through the camera, which is called the original camera negative, which then uh, other kind of 35 millimeter copies are made, which then other copies are made. So there's a, a bunch of generations that go through yeah. and in, in each generation, a little bit of pitch quality is lost, but that is ultimately, those were the 35 millimeter copies that went out in cinemas and um, that were used for other purposes as well. But that original 35 millimeter negative that's just been sitting in the vault at Universal. So it's uh, the thing with 35 millimeter films that you need to keep it in vaults, you need to keep it temperature controlled and you need to keep it cool and dry. Because if you do that, then it'll last for decades, if not centuries. Whereas some films, if they're not kept you know, in good condition, then they start to crumble and fall apart. But Tremors, luckily, the, neg the original negative, the original film that went through the camera was kept in pristine condition. So we were able to, with uh, Universal's permission, access that original negative, scan every single frame in 4K resolution, which is, I'm going to remember this off the top of my head. Hang on. So it's 2,160 by, no, no, wait, it's the other way around. Hang on. 3,840 by 2,160 pixels. Uh, so that basically means it's four times the size of HD. So a huge amount of detail being captured in every single frame. Um, and then we kind of put that into an image sequence. And then with the assistance of Ron Underwood, the director, and Alexander Grushinsky, the director of photography, uh, we graded it in the way that it would have originally been seen in cinemas and how they originally wanted the film to look. And that's the 4K master that you had before you. And now there's other technologies well, like uh, Dolby Vision, which is a thing with 4K where it's, a, it's a, a wider color space where essentially you can see more details and textures and yeah. shadows and uh, things like that. So all of these things that the technology affords you the ability to do that, you know, just even a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do, but the market has got to the point where we can do it and not lose our shirts over it. In fact, the opposite, it's been a terrific success. So uh, it's uh, really great that Tremors is one of the films that, you know, we've been able to do that with because it's one that we've wanted to do for the longest time. Oh, thanks very much. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Great job. Um, yeah. It's time for our first break. When we return, we'll hear more about this and fire some questions at you all. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to the second part of Kaiju Curry House. You are joined today by Jonathan, James, Matt, and your usual hosts, 
Paul and myself, Alex. Um, I've got a question for Matt Frank. Um, this question is from my friend Matthew from Botchamania. Um, All right. And yeah, and he's a very, very big fan of you. He likes two things. He likes wrestling and he likes crap monster movies. So he's all Hell about yeah. Frank. And he says, if you could illustrate one cover to any film of your choice, what would that be? Oh, crap. Now I have to think about this. Um, it, it, it's almost impossible to answer that question because I love, I love so many different films and so many different films mean stuff to me i didn't think in a million years i would do tremors because that really was a delightful surprise and it made me fall in love with that film and the broader franchise all over again but if i oh man make me pick one would you rather come back to it later no we need to do this now okay uh the um if i had to pick one moving forward i don't know maybe daimajin would be cool like Daimajin would be cool or maybe Gapa the Trifibian monster or maybe Jurassic Park yeah anyway uh, (laughs) I I feel like I've answered that question before but uh, it's still fun though it's always fun to hear a uh, question from Invader Design, who we're uh, plugged to them. They do a lot of the 3D modeling that we commission, and mm-hmm. you will hear them in our adverts for this episode. Uh, Invader Design would like to ask, uh, are Arrow intending to do Tremors 2? And I'm sure you've already been asked that by fans. A few people have asked. Yeah, it's, um, it's genuinely, it's not on our radar at the moment. It's not on our plans, but I'd l- really like to do it. It's, um, if, so if the ability, if the option does come up then I'd certainly be interested in doing it for, for a few reasons. One, it's the last Tremors film that they made before uh, things went digital with post-production so presumably it's one where there's a negative that exists which mm. might not be the case for the later films. Even though I, I don't know how all of the CGI would necessarily stand up today but it's, it's a, still it's a really fun sequel that's kind of a, almost I think as good as the first one I think and there's still um, and, you know, Steve Wilson, the director of Tremors 2, who's also one of the writers and producers of Tremors 1, is incredibly generous with his time and um, was very willing to help out on this one. So I know that he'd be just as helpful on this one. Apparently there's like a making of VHS that was sent to dealers to, uh, the, uh, that's, that, uh, that's not in the extras that are on the current DVD anyway. So if we could dig that up, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not in, uh, we don't have, we haven't been, it's not, it's not happening at the moment, but uh, if, you know, I would, I would, I will certainly bring it forward as a suggestion for the future, hopefully. So we'll see. Great. It, it's <laughs> funny because it's so funny to bring up the sequels because uh, I joined the, like uh, the official Tremors fan group on uh, Facebook. And one thing I really did notice, and I have been noticing about the Tremors fans is that, Unlike a lot of franchises where people will say, well, the original's the best, even though in this case it is true, and, and they kind of poo-poo all the sequels, uh, the fans really do love like all of the movies and uh, for one reason or another. And I think that's kind of refreshing because, you know, and that was a, one of the things I, when I started posting the, the Tremors uh, art on my various social media platforms, people were like, oh, is it the whole series? And it's like, yeah. no, it's, the, it's just the original. <laughs> no, and it's, like, um, oh. it, it's not. I, I think I, Arrow pro, aren't alone in this, I think, but I think there's a general, a bit of a blind spot towards sort of DTV releases, director videos, sequels, and things mm-hmm. like that, which, and a lot of them are crap, let's be honest. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, when you have ones that are genuinely really fun, like Tremors 2, 
I think it's um, it's a shame that they get lumped in with some of the bad stuff. But um, yeah. no, it was never uh, never doing the whole series was never an option. I think doing the first one was hard enough. But I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's put you on the spot, James. What okay. would you order them? Because there are seven films now to pick oh, from. Oh. You know, I've only seen the first four, so I can't. I haven't seen. Beyond, I haven't seen five, six, and seven. No, I'm afraid no, I did that's... not go far. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Well, you know, it's loyalty <laughs> to the original creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Involved in the late one, so that's my um, God. I mean, the uh, the first one is obviously the best, but then I don't know. Maybe I'd go in like one, two, four, three. I think mm. Tremors Two is my favorite. I love Tremors Two. I think it's mm, a really? film. It's, it is really good. It's joyous. I, I have not laughed so much at a film in a long <laughs> time as seeing it. Um, Paul, question for you, actually. As an Uber fan, because yeah. you know, next month we'll have been recording for two years together, and you've dropped tremors into the conversation nearly every single episode, yeah. which is you know, um, sixty <laughs> times, which is good effort. What are your thoughts on this release? Does it live up to your expectations? It as so as my first four K experience, I was very pleased with the restoration of this film, um, and the extras are. You know, above and beyond. So, and it comes with was it comes with the like the little lobby cards with Matt Frank's um, graboid um, <laughs> design. There, we get to see all the inside I mean, bits. Well, I mean, there's plenty of unboxing and, videos and on YouTube, obviously. But you know, there's yeah, there's a, a poster here. There's a graboid anatomy poster as well. Uh, booklet with uh, Jonathan did an essay for us, a new one, and then there's original press notes and other bits and bobs. Then in the actual case, you get replica lobby card it, yeah there's a... even a little one um, walter chang's voucher for his store yeah that's yeah. it it's just it, it's what... another level of extras isn't it really i hadn't found <laughs> i hadn't found that little uh that little note card that little uh, um what's the word i'm looking for the coupon? Coupon, coupon. Coupon. coupon thank you i didn't find that little coupon until like two or three days after i got the set and <laughs> then i'm like showing it to everyone like look at this look at this that's amazing <laughs> So, yeah, so that's why we want you to do the whole set. You've, you know, all seven films <laughs> and the TV series. Just, it would just... be a serial box size, wouldn't it? Like it the would, camera. Yeah, basically, basically yeah. like camera. And, so, and if you did, if I could just put a little request in. Oh, because <laughs> um, I'm watching the film. On, in Tremors 3, they go into the store and obviously it's all, we are perfection. This is our store. And they have the, the comics of Gravoid Shriekers and Gravoids versus Shriekers. Oh, yeah. Well, that was... and, and if yeah. you could put those in a box set. And actually, like, <laughs> all right, oh. so... I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say nothing here, but uh, I might be doing something along those lines just for fun. Right. Okay. Now. Maybe I can. Maybe I can tweet out and be like, "Hey, Dark Horse! Hey, Dark yes, Horse! Yes. Hey! <laughs> Money on the table." <laughs> just make sure you spell Shrieker right, because they spell it wrong on the front of the. the oh, I don't even pick up on that. That's great. <laughs> Shrieker. <laughs> yeah. Because that kind of thing was my original thought of where we might go up for the uh, for the cover art. So mm, originally okay. I was trying to find someone who could maybe do that or maybe something that was a bit more subtle, dare I say, where it was more kind of to do with the ground and it mm. having not quite erupted yet. Uh, but, you know, I asked one or two people and surprisingly enough, I, they were either non-committal or just generally kind of blew me off. So after a while, I was like... Mm. You know what the hell am I doing? I've got Matt Frank on, you know. <laughs> yeah, Matt's subtle, you know, on, right? Uh, Matt's on speaker. <laughs> Let's just get him to do a giant monster. That's everyone. Everyone's seen Tremors at this point. There's, there's not really much point in having mystery around the graboids. Let's no. just show him. Let's have Matt do him. It'll be great. And lo and behold, he delivered. 
Oh, thank you. I, I it's funny you say that because I, you and I went back and forth on those original sketches mm. several times, and because I wanted to do something really subtle, I wanted to do something like focusing on the ground and focusing mm. more silhouette like or more uh, um, what's a very conservative visually mm. uh, to, to to hide the tremors, uh, the a bit, bit the more trailers. ominous. Yeah, or just something like just something a little more on the subtle and uh, and almost. Um, almost pop art like Ooh. i wanted it to be almost solid color silhouettes and stuff and james uh, rightly so was like nah uh <laughs> just uh well we just went back and forth and you know i just did this one sketch of the graboid coming out of the ground with that uh what did i call it the matt frank shriek which is what <laughs> uh people started calling it of like the the roar with the head to the side kind of thing and um James really liked that, and I thought, eh, yeah, I guess I'll lean into it. But then um, we we uh, James brought some really great art direction to the table, and uh, um, especially with the color palette and the title treatment of of the Tremors part itself. Um, I don't know if we want to get into that or if we wanted to circle back around to it. No, go for it. It's interesting. Well, I, I mean, if I remember this correctly, James, you made the suggestion of putting in a particular scene into the, into the, uh, the, 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 the title. title yeah. yeah. And you suggested the pole vaulting scene, which I had forgotten about. And I had to go back and rewatch the film and be like, oh, right. They, 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 they do that at one point. And, um, I was kind of struggling with it a little bit because I'm like, you know, how exactly am I going to illustrate this? And, you know, how do I want to integrate it? What colors do I want to use? And eventually I just had you send me a screenshot of the, um, of that scene. And, um, and I, and before anyone's like, Ooh, that fake is a chaser. The, <laughs> I, it was, it was time consuming to go over the, the shot itself and give it this, uh, illustrated um, pop art quality to it to give it like a lot of cross hatching to recreate the shadows. There's a lot of brush where you can't really tell the the detail is kind of lost because it's such a wide uh, panoramic shot. And you know, and at a certain point, I couldn't tell who was on what pole, <laughs> so I had to fudge those details a little bit. But then when I took a step back. I noticed like, oh man, this really works. This really, really works in this like, you know, drawing from life kind of way. And uh, like I said, then we could, we really went back and forth on the color uh, choices. And I feel like it pops in a way that mm. is kind of unique for the stuff I've done. Of course, building off of the Gamera art style too, which I integrated a little of that uh, with all these fun Photoshop brushes I had found. So yeah, I, I it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, you did a really good job. Now I, I think it's fantastic artwork, just like your your gamma artwork. Um, and speaking of the gamma, that was quite a limited set that sold out rather quickly, almost immediately. We um, took us all by surprise. <laughs> yeah. So, so this 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 Tremors box set, it's Blu-ray and 4K, isn't it? There's two two releases. That's right. So there's, it's uh, it's not a uh, dual format release. It's uh, it, there's either a a box set with a four with the feature on a 4K disc or one with the feature on a blu-ray disc so okay not and are these both limited run as well so this initial version with uh that uh we've all been holding up here this is a limited edition that comes with 
the extra stuff so like the poster and the booklet and the lobby cards and they're also the second the bonus disc that comes with both versions which is a blu-ray with extended interviews and short films and uh yes the q a from hollywood that jonathan very kindly gave us the footage of um so that won't be in the standard release so if you want uh, okay if you want all the extra stuff um get it now otherwise the standard edition that's coming out early next year will just be the main feature disc in a in a case like this so much yeah, in the no, same no, way no. as the camera that you're releasing uh yeah pretty, pretty trimmed, trimmed yeah. down yeah essentially yeah a paired down simplified version yeah okay yeah and i've been i've been saying to fans of course you know buy this mm. version if you can uh, partly just because it is beautiful but partly because of that second mm. disc because um, especially those films, those S.S. Wilson films and the, you know, the, the Stampede, um, the guys from Stampede who made those films, when I was writing the book, I was talking about these films, mm. but I couldn't see them. There was no way to easily see them. And now here they are, you can it, buy it's them. It's very cool. I was, kind of, I, I was very gung-ho about including a couple of, uh, two or three of them if we could. I mean, uh, the first film that's on there is Recorded Live, which... For anyone who hasn't seen Recorded Live, you can see it on YouTube in non-remastered quality. I'd say it's still worth it. It's a SS. It's Steve Wilson's student film that he made in 1975, which is about stop-motion tape reels eating people, and it's very, <laughs> very, very cool. And like it played on HBO all the time in the early 80s and gave kids nightmares and all this kind of thing. So I was very, very happy that we were able to remaster that one. But then going to some of the other ones that. Uh, Jonathan's talking about like a dictionary, an adventure with words, which has a stop motion talking dictionary. And these were films that were made to show in classrooms. So before uh, classrooms all had VHS players, they all had 16 millimeter projectors. So they'd all be sent these educational films on, 60, on rolls of 16 millimeter film. And the, these are these kinds of films. And I had no way of having seen many of these myself. So I was kind of in the same boat thinking, well, hopefully they're good i'm kind of i'm guessing they will be cool based on the people who made them yeah. but it was kind of going off on the wing in a prayer but they i was very pleased with how they all came out there was um another film there was another 16 millimeter film that i really wanted us to try and include called deer in the works which um ron underwood directed in uh, 1980 and brent maddock wrote the script for that which is an adaptation of the kurt vonnegut short story um but we kind of veered away from that because of uncertainty over the rights and particularly with the Vonnegut estate and how that would work mm. so which I'm really sure. sad because more than anything I wanted to see it <laughs> that was you know I wanted there was, there'd be no other way for me to see it I don't have a 16 millimeter projector so there's you know outside of finding a print on eBay and getting the projector to go with it there's no other way to see these things so wow. you know for, for the handful of films that we did get on there I'm very pleased that you know we were able to revive them and give them a new audience yeah. So, and did you did Universal have any rules about what you could and couldn't include, or do they have to just like oh, say yes to the final products? I mean, how how does that come about? Things like that. Um, it's well, different studios have different rules. They have different okay. things that they're kind of mainly focused on. So, Universal, for the for instance, their kind of their main focus actually, surprisingly, is the artwork. That's the thing where they really oh. they want to yeah. see okay. concepts earlier on, or they want to have some sense of whether it's gonna you know, contravene talent rules, sort of agreements with, you know, the cast or anything from years before. But other than that, in terms of the stuff that actually goes on the disc, they've been pretty laissez-faire. They've been pretty happy for us to just kind of generally put on what we want because, you know, it's effectively we're liable for anything that's, you know, 
kind of right. uh, not that we go and flout the rules or anything like that but it's just you know it, it, it's our release so effectively it, most of the time it, it is you know our problem if something goes wrong not um but um there are other studios that maybe are a bit more strict so mgm for example they want to see everything that's going to go on the disc and they have very specific rules and when i was working on the arrow edition of robocop um last year for example there were things that we were not allowed to include and i begged and I pleaded and cajoled and occasionally that would work but some of the time it didn't so that is you know you win some and you lose some that's just it's the nature of the game with this business but hopefully if you're if you come with big ambitious enough plans then you kind of you're you're coming up with so much stuff that you don't really miss the stuff that doesn't get through because there's so yeah. much other stuff that does that does go through okay and, and so, and I just, yeah. I, sorry to drop I just wanted to drop in there about the quality control. I mean, I remember when, um, when James first got in touch about doing a commentary. In fact, that wasn't the first thing he asked about, but we ended up agreeing, or I agreed to do one after we'd been asked nicely to do that. Um, but when it came to recording it, I remember it was lockdown mm. time, uh, proper lockdown, the first oh. lockdown. It must have been April, May, June time. And I remember saying, well, you know, I could get a, um, a microphone and I could do it in my, in my kitchen, in my kitchen. And James was like, no, no, we want it, We need to do this properly. Universal want it done properly. We need to get into the studio. We're going to have to wait until the studios are open again because they're all locked down. <laughs> and I think it was almost day one when the lockdown was kind of lifted. I think I was in a studio. I was cycling down to a studio <laughs> in Edinburgh in Lee. Uh, and I think I was the first person back into that recording studio after the lockdown. So, so the quality control is really high on this. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, there are, um, we, we, it's not that we never have commentaries that are recorded by people at home. Certainly we have done that. And, uh, but it's just, you know, if someone who hasn't done it before, we wanted to, you know, have one less thing to, for you to worry about as well and that you're recording it. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. there are all kinds of ways to do it. I recorded, I recorded my first commentary that I've done myself for another company and I wound up doing it literally under a duvet recording on my MacBook to block out the sound. So it's however you do it. It got really hot under there. So I had to do it in chunks, like 10 minute breaks, but you know. That, that's so funny because my, uh, my commentary for, for Gamera, uh, this, never mind just like what a tremendous amount of work commentaries are but mm. you know i i did it with this setup i did it with my with these these gaming headphones that my wife spent a hundred dollars on and this uh this microphone that i basically stole from a friend of mine and um and then but i was like ah but it's a little too it's a little too hot like it's picking up there's no puff guard on it so i had to take the uh pant leg of one of my um uh pajamas and kind of sheath it over the uh the microphone so that it could absorb some of that and uh you you, you work with what you got you know yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> god it's good and, stuff. so jonathan you 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 wrote the book was it 2015 and then i take it was it this year or last year you got involved with uh matthew sneed to do the recent it was in 20 yeah 2019 i think it was around about october okay um, September, October, he got. And then this year, you've done this to talk about as well. So it's been quite a, a roll of Tremors yeah. content yeah. for you. How how do you decide yeah. what to talk about totally. on a com commentary? If that well, I no, just because you've you've written a whole book, and you must be thinking, you know, do you is, is there certain points that you wanted to pick up on? You know, how did you how did you decide what to talk about on this commentary? 
Well, I think, as Matt said, uh, and James knows, uh, and anyone who's done a commentary, I'm sure, knows, they're not, they're not easy. Um, and I had not done one before, um, and, and, I, and I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was. And I think I was able to cheat a little bit because I had written this book. So that was brilliant. You know, I had done the research yeah. beforehand. But then you can't just read, <laughs> read out your book. straight in the book. <laughs> yeah, you can't just do that. It doesn't quite work. So I don't know. I think it was just a mixer, mixture of trying to work out what, uh, as a fan, I, I thought, you know, what I would want to hear. Because that's with the book originally, it was all about I wanted to read that book and nobody had written the book. So I had to do it myself, I felt. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of going through it scene by scene and trying to pick out things that were really interesting. Again, I thought were interesting. Um, you know, I think there was quite a few different passes of that commentary and just thinking, okay, in this one, I want to talk about all the different times that it's practical effects. And when the, the graboid is, is a puppet or, you know, a miniature. Okay. So I wanted to get that in there. And then I wanted to sort of add in something about, um, the production, the background to the production as well, which I didn't know how much detail was going to be in all the extras. Sure. But at the same time, you know, I thought you can't, I can't talk about it and not mention these things. Uh, and also just kind of add in a bit more about my own personal um, take on it, I suppose. So how long? Which in the book I didn't. Oh, so yeah, how long did it actually take then to record the commentary? To record it was basically real, sort of real time. Oh, really? okay. you know, I went, I went in, yeah. And um, as I say, I cycled down. I remember it was raining. And the first, the first um, uh, route I wanted to take on my bike was blocked. So it took ages to get there. And then um, the, the chap in the recording studio was just very nice. And so I recorded it once through. Uh, and then because it was the first time I'd done it, I was nervous. You know, yeah. I will totally admit that. And maybe you can hear it. I don't know. Maybe you can hear it in the, in the commentary as well. Um, and we did the first sort of 10, 15 minutes again. Um, very calmly, the, the chap just said, Okay, let's let's try that again because now you're in the in the zone sort of thing. And, yeah, and so we'll start again, and and I think it worked out well. Um, but it's weird. It's just when you're on your own for ninety minutes, it's a weird thing, and because you've no one to bounce things off, and you and you're worried about the the tone of your voice as well. Yeah. I think you know, not just sounding monotone and saying the same thing all the time. You kind of want to try and raise your voice a little bit, and then but so. Man. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was good fun to I'm do. just having these like PTSD flashbacks of the yeah. weeks I spent working <laughs> on that Gamera commentary, just being like, oh man, did that sound good? I don't think that sounded good. Oh man, I'm such a dark, I'm such a loser. Nobody want to listen to me. It just, you know, you, yeah. you talk yourself into a existential crisis. But um, you did just remind me uh, and purchased, uh, just got Seeking Perfection. That should be here in a couple of days. Because um, you oh, reminded cool. me I did not have the book. So now I have it. <laughs> Or I will have it. Brilliant. And, oh, that, and that covers all of the films up to Bloodlines, does it? Or is it before Bloodlines? No, it's... Yeah. Well, when I started doing it, because I say the, the franchise was dormant and there was no Tremors 5. Mm. And then in the last few months, uh, they announced Tremors 5. So I had to pause the book and, and sort of put something in there yeah. about Tremors 5. Um, so yeah, in, in the book, I just sort of say, it's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But all, all the information you would ever want to know about the first four films and the TV series is in the book. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get it, get a hold of it. I, uh, cause again, like I said, you know, working on this set really made me into a, a fan of, uh, of the franchise all over again. Cause I liked it for a long time. And, uh, but I was sort of one of those like, the originals, the only one that's worth watching. Ooh! And then you actually watch the, uh, the other sequels and it's like, well, they're fun. They're fun monster movies and they build on this mythos, but not too much. 
they don't go all alien covenant and be like this is faustian science i don't even want to talk about it i freaking hate that movie but it's the, definitely uh, time for a break i think <laughs> it is time for a break now that we've got on to alien covenant <laughs> we'll be back in a moment folks thank you my name is Connor Baxter, and I'm a freelance 3D artist. My specialty is sculpting various monsters and kaiju found in pop culture, which are then converted into model kits via 3D printing. This is something I enjoy doing very much, and if you're interested in my work and like a private commission, then check out my portfolio site at invaderdesign.co.uk, where you can find my work and contact information. Or check out my Twitter at invader underscore design. Cheers! 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Amazon Prime members get free two-hour grocery delivery. That means no masks, no lines, no pants, no makeup, no traffic jam. No, where do I park? No, where did I park? No random guy blocking the aisle. No, did you drop your shoe in the store again? No, Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Free two-hour grocery delivery. Now with Prime. Hello, and welcome back to the final part of Kaiju Curry House. I'm here with my co-host Alex, along with guests Matt Frank, Jonathan Melville, and James Flower. So, uh, James, question to you. How exactly do the extras get decided at Arrow Video? Because they're always fantastic, and we'd just like to know a bit of an um, insight into it, really. So I'm one of a, a small team of producers, we're called on Arrow. So we're essentially, there's uh, four of us who uh, were assigned a project. So like I'm given Tremors, for example, and it's, it's essentially our job to conceptualize the whole release from start to finish in terms of, uh, you know, what the artwork's going to be, what the extras are going to be, what old extras we're going to carry over, if there are old extras, what versions of the film we're going to present on this, so the whole thing. So it's really dependent on you kind of, doing your research and knowing your stuff. So it's really a, a great job for people who are good at that anyway. And I'm a, definitely a hardcore nerd when it, turn, when it you know, comes to trying to study a film in the minute detail and find it, uncover more information about it. So going into Tremors, I kind of knew a few facts. I knew that uh, there were already some bonus features that had been made for the Laserdisc in 1995 that had been carried over to all the other DVDs since, but there hadn't really been anything else since. There hadn't been a commentary, for instance, by the filmmakers. Um, there hadn't been anything about the music or some of the other special effects in the film. So there were these kind of these holes that I knew that we could fill. Um, uh, very early on, we knew that there was a retrospective documentary being made already. We didn't necessarily know it was by Universal or who was making it because uh, as, as is often the case with major studios, one department doesn't necessarily talk to the other. So the people who we got the rights, the department we got the rights from couldn't just point us in the direction of Matthew Sneed. So it was actually through Jonathan that we found Matthew and were able to instigate those conversations and get that material from them as well. Because, you know, especially once COVID hit, I knew well, we're probably not going to get Kevin Bacon. So let's, you know, let's go with the guys who have already got Kevin Bacon, but then we can kind of 
uh, fill in some of the other gaps around that because we knew it was going to be a shorter documentary. So um, jumping off from that, uh, I, what, I reached out to a filmmaker in California called Elijah Drenner, who we work with quite often, who has, uh, who does, uh, like his day job is doing um, bonus features for uh, lots of different companies like Arrow and um, he's done all sorts of other things. He made a great documentary about the actor Dick Miller called That Guy Dick Miller, which if you know who Dick Miller is, seek out that documentary because it's a lot of fun. Um, but I knew that he would be a really good tonal fit for this and he was able to get in touch with people he'd interviewed before as well and kind of going to some, you know, uh, so we had a wish list of people that we'd like to try and get hold of and you know, I mean, we knew that, like, Fred Ward doesn't do interviews. It's just, you know, it's, it's effort, like, the main thing I've heard lots of people say is, where's Fred Ward? Why isn't there an interview with Fred Ward? Well, <laughs> we would, we would if we could, guys. He's just, he, he's an old guy, and he's, you know, over, he's not really in the mood. He doesn't, you know, it's like, nah, no thanks. So it's like, okay, well, what can you do? Moving on. So um, I knew that there were some really interesting stories that we could seize upon. So the music is something that I'm really happy that we were able to get. So having a featurette that's uh, in an interview with, so the, the thing with the music in Tremors is that it's actually, even though only one composer is credited, Ernest Troost, it's actually a combination of two composers' music in the final film. So there's a really nice extra on that, on the disc, which is about that, which is about that combination of uh, Ernest doing his initial score and then some of it being replaced later on. Um, and actually, uh, the score has actually been finally released by La La Land Records in a sort of two disc release and in a two CD release. And um, some of the interview quotes from that featurette are actually in their booklet. So we were able to tie the two together, which was really nice. Um, in terms of, so yeah, it's a bit of a mix of sort of identifying what material's already out there and carrying over as much of it as you can. Uh, seeing what other opportunities there are for whether it's getting an expert like Jonathan to do a commentary as well, to go alongside the, getting the filmmakers finally in to do one, seeing who's willing to sit down and talk to us, which, you know, obviously in the midst of COVID, it, it, you know, we couldn't necessarily take for granted that we could get everyone we wanted. So we, were, we felt very lucky that we were able to get all the people that we did. Um, and yeah, so it's, it just winds up being a bit of a mix of that really, kind of it's a it's part detective work and part luck and, you know, just part hard work, just kind of persevering with, you know, trying to get everything that we can possibly get or as much as we can get in the sort of the limited time that we have. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, considering the COVID outbreak, you've done a fantastic job, haven't you? You've been able to get all yeah, this we've, together. We've been very lucky with that this year. We thought it was just going to be a year of just Skype interviews with people. And there's still some <laughs> of that to some degree, but it's, you know, there, there are still some really great opportunities that have come up as well. And I think on the whole, fans have been very understanding about that. I mean, okay. just just on a personal note, I'm just completely flabbergasted and extremely uh, grateful for the fact that two huge, uh, I was able to be involved in two huge releases this year. Um, and this year, among all the other years, that really kept me busy. Uh, and they wound up being as, as high quality as they are. Just as a fan, I would have been over the moon to get uh, get this tremor set uh, and to be a part of it. I'm just, I really appreciate it, James, for you uh, involving me as your third or fourth choice. And uh, <laughs> but no, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely stellar. I've got yeah, a question. I mean, 
sorry. No, no, I, 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 you know, I had a point, but I've forgotten it. So you go. <laughs> no, well, I, you had a point, but I ruined it. That was that was a tender moment. <laughs> ruined it, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's me to a T ruining moments. Um, oh. oh no! I have a question from uh, Chris Stewardson, who's a writer for Eureka, and he says uh, this is a generic question to anyone in this room. Um, what is it about Tremors that keeps everyone coming back? And he left it quite open. I don't think it's necessarily about this Tremors film, just the franchise of Tremors. What makes it so special that everyone kind of goes, yeah, like, let's give it another go? What, what's, what's special about it? If I can just say something that, that, that always struck me about Tremors is the community aspect of it and the, the fact uh, that that's one of the things that's drawn me to it and also other things like um, Northern Exposure, the, the old TV show, which I was uh, dug the Blu-rays out today, which... Uh, has that community, it's that idea of, of a group of people pulling together uh, in really tough circumstances and sort of, uh, you know, either fighting in the case of Tremors or in, in the case of something like Northern Exposure, just kind of trying to get along with each other, I suppose. But I, I always just, it's that kind of the grounded nature of the film and that kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the idea that I think someone used, maybe it was Kevin Bacon used that idea of the sort of the, the down home American style, the kind of just, you know, it's, it's ordinary folk. Mm. Um, and, and, mm. and it clashes with this idea of the monsters. And um, I'm not, I'm, I don't know, for me, that's what kind of I love about it. And that's what's so good about the sequels as well. Up until, and we won't, I won't go into too much detail, <laughs> excuse me, but the, the kind of five, six, and seven, they kind of lose that and they kind of lose me as well, the film. Mm. So the first four in the TV series are really brilliant at that. So that's my thoughts. Anyway. No, thank you for that, Jonathan. Uh, James? I think it, I mean, it's a rare combo in that it's a film that has got some teeth to it. You know, people die in it in ways that, particularly the, the doctor and his wife's death, that scene is, you know, quite frightening and quite distressing. Mm. But at the same time, it's a film that by the end of it, it feels like a warm hug. It's, you know, it's really, it's just, it's a, the fact that they, I can't remember who it is that hits upon it. Maybe it was you, Jonathan, this idea that there's really no antagonists in the film other than, the creatures, the kind of the humans, all kind of get along with each other in order to sort of in order to get over this crisis. And I mean, I think that's something that is incredibly rare because most of the time, with the sort of thing, in addition to the creature being the villain, you have to have a human villain on the inside who is just as bad, if not worse, because obviously the idea has to be that man is the real monster. So whereas you know, with Tremors, you don't get that. Everyone bands together and they defeat the crisis and they're all friends at the end and you just feel warm and gooey at the end of it as well. So I think it's a, it's a mix of that. It's where it really kind of successfully walks that tightrope in a way that very few films do. You've reminded yeah. me of some of the horrific deaths and then I... <laughs> <laughs> I remembered poor old Fred. Oh, Fred. Oh. Also, it's really funny. The effects are great, and the acting—you know—the chemistry between the cast is superb. So it just—it's—it's it's just this perfect combo yeah. of all these different things that just shouldn't work and yet do. Mm. Absolutely, and, that, and that's the, that's the thing that's diff it's difficult to put your finger on on what it is really. I mean, I'm seeing community and, and the people and the characters, but at the same time, as Jim says, the humor and the horror together. Um, I don't know. I just—I remember once I first saw Tremors, and, and then when. Um, I saw Tremors 2 in, in, in a blockbuster. I was in Toronto, I think, and saw it in a, in a, in a, a blockbuster and just thought, I want to see Tremors 2. And then I was searched out Tremors 3 and 4. You know, just, I don't know, there's just something that kept 
you know, draw me back. I think that it's, it's, I, I mean, you guys really hit a lot of the nails on the head with regards to the, the tone of the film, because it really is in a lot of ways, it, it, it has, it shares a lot of similar DNA with aliens, but Mm. the difference is that aliens is a, an alien, I should say specifically, is a brutally oppressively dark film. Mm. And, and that doesn't make it bad. Obviously it's a, it's a classic, it's a masterpiece, but Tremors, you can have a little more fun with it. And as a result, I think some people think, well, you can't take it seriously if we're cracking jokes, but it's like, yeah, but it's also not, it's not overwhelmingly funny because the peril is never treated as a joke. It's the, it's the characters and the simple absurdity of them being these eccentric, uh, eccentric group of people who live in the middle of friggin' nowhere, uh, which of course is a, a relatable American experience for a lot of people. But just, um, and I think that a large part of the appeal is, of course, is, are the monsters themselves, because we never really, we don't really learn anything, at least not in the first four films, what the tremors are, or the, I keep calling them tremors, what the graboids are, <laughs> and what, uh, and where they came from. I mean, there's this, there's a, some conjecture about um, Precambrian life forms or something like that, or came from outer space or whatever. But I like that inherent mystery. It's one of the things I was reminded recently with the, with the Gamera set about one of the appeals of a kaiju or a monster movie is you don't really know where the monster comes from. Alien Covenant! And um, you just, uh, and I think that's one of the things that makes them so fun because you can go take them anywhere. You can do anything with them. Because I mean, it could have been so easy for them to just make a sequel where there are just more giant worms but instead they decided, oh, no, 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 they have a life cycle. And there's like another phase there, like, which I got, I got called out a little bit because I did that Graboid x-ray, which I just, I just did for fun. I just said, hey, James, can I do this? And he's like, yes, please stop yelling at me. And, uh, th- and people were like, well, where, are the, where are the Shrieker eggs? And I'm like, it's the first movie. It's just the first movie. <laughs> just leave me alone. Uh, but I also try to keep it ambiguous because I think that ambiguity is one of the things that makes the franchise uh, have a lot of appeal and also uh, allows for the franchise to be very malleable and for them to kind of do whatever they want with it. That's why people keep coming back to it. Yeah, I think you've all, you've all touched upon it pretty because it is it's a perfect mix of horror and comedy that's, you know, everyone can get and enjoy we're not looking at the military we're not looking at the scientists with these are just people on the ground it's happening to them and we're watching it unfold with them so mm. it's just yeah it's just great fun isn't it really yeah it's a kind of lightning in the bottle that you don't really and i think so much of that kind of dates it comes to the filmmakers who made it so ron underwood brent maddock and ss wilson who are all you know there's a generosity of spirit in the film that i think really comes from them I think if you meet, if you ever get the chance to speak to any of them, they are just the nicest people in Hollywood. People in Hollywood are not meant to be that nice, and they yeah. are really, really very, very nice. And it's um, and I think that is part of the thing that shines through in the film. In a way, it's a shame they haven't made. Obviously, uh, Brent and Steve have made the Tremors sequels, but in a way, it's a shame they haven't made more or different creature features or more horror films or mm. whatever. It's, it's it's anything that's kind of in a sort of similar wheelhouse to Tremors because it would be very interesting to see what other directions they could take the genre into while still kind of maybe retaining that generosity of spirit. But um, I don't know, I think it's something that's very uniquely them. I've, I've often tried, there's a kind of, 
because it was Ron Underwood's first film and it wasn't necessarily guaranteed that he would be the one to direct it. He had to kind of impress a lot of people along the way. Um, and I've tried to kind of play that game. Well, who else would do it? And who else would do it, pull it off as well? And I can't really think of anyone. The only other director I can think of who was sort of at Universal around that time, who was also up and coming, um, was Sam Raimi, who I, I, mm. I adore Sam Raimi, don't get me wrong. And there's even, I think, some kind of Raimi-esque touches in that, like the kind of the POV of the worms going under the yeah. ground, which I think <laughs> is quite a very evil dead-esque thing. But Sam's sense of humor is more kind of, schadenfreude laden kind of slightly more <laughs> sadistic than uh i think i think it wouldn't necessarily have been as nice a film you know yeah. if uh, sam raimi had directed it so i think I'm, I'm kind of i'm grateful that it's the film that it is because the people involved in it were the ones who got to make it yeah i can't see sam raimi um doing quite the right job for it because whilst tremors can be quite a harsh film with the deaths it's never cruel Mm, or, gr or gratuitous yeah. mm. and you know evil dead is gratuitous i'm not saying it's not a good film it's great but it's quite cruel mm. whereas tremors is quite joyous in many uh, odd ways it, he <laughs> had sam raimi hadn't quite learned to rein in his excesses yet mm. so maybe it's mm -hmm. a great it's, it is absolutely a good thing quite, uh, you know. and, and just to say tremors has a lot of young fans a lot mm. of children it's, <laughs> it's a it's bizarrely a kind of family film. Mm -hmm. You can yes. watch, you know, it's, 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 that's just so well, I think A lot of people have said to me about this kind of release, do you think I can show it to my nine-year-old yet? Can you? And it's like, mm. well, yeah. I mean, other than mm. that scene with the doctor and his wife, which is probably the scariest bit in the film, I think it generally, it's pretty harmless. It's pretty, yes. yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's I, just the last thing I'll say is that I, th I think that, it's one of the things that keeps it from being cruel and keeps it from being and, and keeps it fun is that unlike the evil dead or something along those lines where the cruelty is the point where the horror mm. aspect comes from there's a need this doesn't need to happen this is just some horrible things happening for no reason and that's yeah. what makes it scary the the graboids are still animals they're hunting mm. and they're i mean they are also acting maybe on territorial instinct or whatever that's why they're trying to kill everyone but they're also eating they're they're just they're just hungry and so yeah. as a result uh, the, that scene of the because uh, that was the scene that that made my wife not want anything to do with the film was the the doctor and his wife uh getting killed she was like oh my god that's horrible and i've had to explain to her like well yeah but that's because they're showing the threat that the threat is serious it's not a slapstick like whoa it popped his head off and now we've got to juggle it around i don't want it you take it you know it's nothing like that it's it's and I think that's one of the things that makes it kind of brilliant and, and accessible. It is time for us to round off the episode with our personal recommendations. Um, what we normally do, gentlemen, is we say to our listeners, if nothing else, go ahead and do this one thing. And we can all give our own opinions. So um, I will start us off because I, I wrote it down before anyone else jumps in there. Um, my favorite bonus feature was actually the extended interview with Ron Underwood. And I watched that last night with a cup of tea and uh, the remainders of mince pies. And I was just struck by how calm and unpretentious Ron was. Like, I was really quite stunned by it. And you were saying earlier, James, about how he had to kind of do some impressing. It really came across how he said that he kind of went and pitched the idea 
and it didn't seem to kind of uh, be taken immediately. Then he had to go back in and be more exaggerated and be more full on. And that's what worked. And I thought, well, that seems contrary to his personality. He seemed so humble. And I thought, right, I really want to meet this man. So the next best thing Ooh. I've got to that is that wonderful interview. <laughs> so uh, do, do look out for that. Jonathan, please, if nothing else, what's your recommendation? Uh, on this box set, I mean, I love the um, the VFX, uh, the practical effects guys that you that that are in the, the documentary. Because some of them I didn't manage to speak to. I spoke to about fifty people involved in the films, but there's some of these guys I didn't manage to speak to. So I thought it was fascinating hearing some of their input and just some things I didn't know. And that was a real treat for me, is to learn things that I hadn't uh, written about. So I think that's brilliant. Plus, uh, cheating a little bit, but I'll just mention the um, the bloopers, not the bloopers, the uh, the alternate versions, edited versions for TV. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> the language, you know, the... the part the, of my French. Yeah, part of my French. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's two I cheated. But Fantastic. There's so many things to talk about. Most definitely, yeah, James. My favourite bonus feature on the disc card is a tough one. I think uh, it's a mix between, it's a, probably a toss up between the short film I mentioned earlier, Recorded Live. And um, like I said, I was really pleased we were able to get an interview on the music because it's an aspect of the film that hasn't been talked about very much. And that, and that visual effects documentary as well. Um, it's very hard for me to choose because they were all, I was so pleased with how all of it came together. That, I mean, that, um, pardon my French, the TV dubs comparison that uh, so I edited that together based on I got a very wonky VHS transfer of the uh, of the TV cut and was kind of it's, it's very confusing because there was still a lot of son of a bitch and damn but, <laughs> but then there'd be other bits where that would be dubbed over so it was very inconsistent and very odd but it's um but yeah that was a lot of fun to cut together hmm. I'd also, it's, I, very quickly, I want to shout out another creature feature that I saw recently, a, a new one that's come out that I, I really enjoyed. So if, it's, um, if, it, if it gets a chance to have a few more eyeballs on it, is a film called Save Ourselves, which is, uh, it's, it's essentially, it's about two hapless hipsters who kind of go on a sort of nature retreat out in up at New York State. And um, while they're out, kind of, they've turned off all their mobile phones or whatever to be closer to nature. And while that's happening, Earth is being taken over by these uh, alien creatures who basically look like tribbles. They, they call them poofs in the film. They're kind of like, hmm. it's kind of like critters type things that just uh, suck out people's blood and things like that. And it's, it's a really kind of funny, sweet, kind of cool creature feature with a lot of good character comedy. And it reminded me of Tremors a bit in some ways. Hmm. It's kind of like uh, sort of Tremors or Critters or something like that, but with hipsters. So, you know. <laughs> that so I think if you can, yeah, I think you can rent that on Amazon Prime. I think so. If you have the opportunity to see it, then please do. Oh, brilliant! Sorry for interrupting you there. I was going to say I need to thank you, James, uh, because you in the last episode with us um, told me about Warning from Space coming out, and I immediately pre-ordered that, and I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's well, good. Ho hopefully, Arrow can continue pumping out some more uh, excellent. Tokosatsu gems from the Dei mm. Library, uh, courtesy of our friends at Kadokawa Pictures. So, watch this space. Maybe later in the year, there'll be maybe more another episode of uh, Kaiju Curry well, House. Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, fingers crossed. Matt, what would be your recommendation? 
Uh, specifically from this set, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of commentaries. Uh, I've, I've listened to, I've already listened to the one uh, by Ron Underwood and the writers, but um, I, I have yet to get around to Jonathan's uh, commentary. So that'll be next on my list. I love putting them on in the background while I work. Um, but of course, at a certain point, <laughs> there are certain movies where I'm, I'm listening to the commentary. I'm kind of watching them like, I kind of want to watch the movie now, <laughs> but uh, but the, the commentaries uh, almost always turn out to be gems. So uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to come back around and listen to that. Um, outside of this Blu-ray, um, gosh, you know, I live and breathe this stuff, so I'm always recommending stuff to people. You know, we're putting out all this. Uh, SRS is putting out all these great indie kaiju flicks um, from their uh, production house, and of course, Arrow is doing like I. I, you know, this, the season has been so busy. I've hardly had time to sit down and really watch stuff. So I got warning from space and I haven't watched it yet, which I know oh, it's bad, fantastic, bad, but I'm excited to watch it. Um, you know what? I'm going to make a, a, a recommendation uh, for a book that I recently read. Um, I, I don't know if y'all have talked about it on mic yet. Uh, Devolution. Uh, it's by the same writer who wrote uh, World War Z. Oh. And uh, the subtitle—it's devolution, and the subtitle is the uh, first-hand account of the Mount Rainier Sasquatch massacre. So it kind of has a bit of a tremorsy vibe of like a little cheeky, a little, and it's about a small community, and there is a there is a creature element to it, um, and it, but it, but it is like. Man, I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of that. Uh, a lot of it. I was listening to the audiobook version, which they got a bunch of different actors. I think they got um, Malcolm Reynolds. What's the actor's name? Um, oh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, I think they got Nathan Fillion to do at least one of the oh, cool. voices. It sounds like him. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, I, I recommend that if you like stuff like Tremors, you'll probably really like Devolution. Um, it's 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 good stuff. Fab, and finally, Paul. Um. On my Tremors marathon, I've really just been focusing on the films rather than the special features. So um, I'm going to have to say I'm looking forward to seeing the extended um, Making Perfection documentary, seeing if we had the guys on and I've watched the, the 30 minute version. Mm. Um, I know that's on disc two, which won't be available on the normal version either. So another reason to um, to get it now. Get uh, it out now. Yeah. And if you go on the uh, if you go on the Tremors YouTube channel, they have an extended interview with Kevin Bacon, which they did not offer us for the Blu-ray, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, oh, that's a shame. It is a shame, but uh, you know, it's on YouTube <laughs> and you can watch that. But otherwise, the ones that are on the disc are really bloody good. So yeah, yeah. And uh, so outside of this, um, while we're on Tremors, I will um, also mention that Wolfie's just fine music video, um, trying to sleep, all about um, the Tremors film. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it yet. No, he's, he's got an album out called um, Perfection. And, <laughs> and it, the songs are based on the film. Nice. And, and that, that song is written from the Gravoid's perspective of he's just trying to sleep, but they're all walking around. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's good, it's good. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it is time for us to say goodbye. Just one final shout out to Jonathan's book. It is Seeking Perfection. You can get that on Amazon for just over £10. So it's an absolute steal. As always, if you get a copy of any of the things that we recommend, please put out a review on Amazon. It's really important to the content creators. And uh, thank you very much to our guests. Uh, keep it kaiju. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope we've given you enough kaiju goodness to last until next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Curry Kaiju. 
If you want to join us on Facebook, we're at UK Kaiju. And if you want to find out about other shows in the network, please visit heroespodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. What would be momentous is if any one of you gentlemen could help um, Paul and I have a conversation with Bert Gummer. We, 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 you know, I will die happy if Michael Gross comes to the podcast at some point. Mm. I, he, I, he's he's all. I mean, he's always very. He's he's amazing with fans. So yeah, I, yeah, because we were interacting with him on Facebook, and he did say, "Oh, you know, speak to my agent." But then he never left his agent's details. <laughs> like, oh no! We could probably find that on IMDb Pro or something. If, or, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. No, it'll it'll happen, Paul. Don't worry. Happy birthday for next year. So I have I have met him, so I am you know. But it'd be nice to have him on here. It would. When it comes to working at Geico, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At Geico, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, Geico has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at peacocktv.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now.